it's a yes bang maximum, the first of this contest. Oh, that is brilliant. It's a hero maximum. On the ground, on the ground, another hero maximum. Welcome back to the Maximum Cricket Podcast, episode 39. My name is Munter, and we have a huge podcast for you today. India cheat and make Australia bat on a, on a doctored pitch and then took that pitch out so they could make 400, and then they put the ship pitch back um, and then won the game. We have a new segment where around being able to trade players between international teams. Baseball is in New Zealand, and we have dealt with cricket here from the UK to help us dive into the preview. They have some takes, that's for sure. And, of course, we have Snack Draft. But we have Lugsy and Jacko here. And everyone wants to know, Jacko, that train r- roll on? Yeah, yeah. Did, did. Had another good win yesterday. So Beautiful. Yeah, the the, uh, the train keeps moving. So hopefully uh, no stops on the horizon. But you never know with cricket. So we'll just keep playing our brand. And, yeah, hopefully it keeps paying off for the boys. A few poles or? Uh, yeah, four for the weekend. So that was, all, that was nice. Ooh. He keeps on rolling, eh, the old boy? I suppose you didn't leave with that, actually. Yeah, uh, so yeah, happy with that, which is good. Uh, Lugsy, and uh, how you how you hanging? Big, big one last night. I don't want to, um, yeah, I feel like I'm coming on this pot every week and I'm going to start sounding like a real alcoholic. But uh, yeah, it was a large one. It was a large one at, at the Emerson's Brewery for, for Simon. So, But yeah, recovered well, doing fine. Beautiful. Right, I will crack into a bit of bit of Aussie India. Um, obviously, by now everyone will know that Australia have been absolutely poleaxed by India in the first test by an innings and 132 runs inside three days. Um, I've I've listed here a few points uh, we could dive into. Um, the combination of Dadeja, Axar Patel, and Ashwin with bat and ball is unbeatable in India. Um, Australia dropped Travis Head for Matt Renshaw, who is not only also left-handed, he made two runs in the entire Test match. Um, Loki, they probably still would have lost, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Todd Murphy is now the best off-spinner Australia has ever produced. And lastly, Rohit Sharma would be the best batter since Bradman if he could play every Test in India. Uh, boys, what is your uh, biggest takeaway from uh, the first Test? Yeah, so probably biggest takeaway is... Um, after that, if that's what Aussie's right-handers were doing, um, Travis here definitely appear. So, right decision to drop the number four or five test batsmen in the world uh, for me. <laughs> um, just, yeah, fucking stupid, really, that was. And <laughs> I hope they um, sort of right that shit pretty quickly and bring him back in because, yeah, I mean, you've got to play your best batters in your, no matter what the conditions and give back them to problem solve out there so yeah that was that was my biggest takeaway just what an absolute howler that was yeah fair 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 call i think there i mean obviously it's it's made to look even worse by the sort of the second innings especially performance i put in um and unfortunately renshaw sort of not delivering anything there it's just hard because like it's one of those series where and, and i'm sure it might get a bit closer but you're like could aussie keep this close and could they go all right yes but are you that surprised when India just done what India do in India and just rolled them? Like, it's sort of not an unsurprising result, as big a, as big a sort of victory as it was. Um, they're just so good in their conditions. Mm. It's just very hard to see them see them getting beaten at the moment. It's the magnitude, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, yeah, of course. You know, you can't accept getting rolled for 90 I think Scotty Bowling was probably pretty unlucky. I think he bowled a really good couple of spells there, and on another day, on another day may have got three or four. Um, but yeah, India just far too strong, really, aren't they? I think the big difference is like 
the the quality of India's spinners are just it's night and day with like every other team in the world. Like no one, like a lot of teams can arrive with one spinner, like they'll have one good spinner, and then India have three. And it's mm. just, it's an all-out assault. And even Lyon, Lyon's obviously, he's world-class, but he's yet to figure out how to bowl in India. He's yet to bowl these side spinners. I mean, even Todd Murphy was able to figure it out before Lyon has, and he has, you know, it's his first test. Whereas, you know, Jadeja is literally just darts. Like, he just throws in darts. And he doesn't know if they're going to spin or not, but he's so accurate and it's so quick and it's like nothing you can do about it. I don't know how, like the last team to beat them in a, in a series was England in like 2011, 2012, whatever it was. And they they had like Graham Swan and, and Panesar. Like they had two mm. genuine threats. Whereas since then, it's just, it just hasn't been the case. Because when they, when they provide like a pitch like this, it just, it's night and day between the teams because they can go out and they can still score runs. It's not a complete dust bowl, but obviously there's, there is turn there, and it just it's like it showcases their talents mm. so much. It just shows too that like every other Test team like plays one spinner, and they get used to Test cricket, and that's sort of like your whole country is all your spinners in your country are fighting for one position. Whereas in India, it's almost the opposite. It's your country seamers are fighting to bowl four overs with the new ball and four overs with the reversing one. Um, so yeah, they they're just wealth of bowling their spinners do at the elite level to good batters, and then to be able to make like a pretty good Aussie Test side. Like we were talking, that order could be one of the great Test teams. Um, just made them look like school kids, basically. Um, yeah, pretty pretty phenomenal. Just like a real yardstick of how good India are in India. It doesn't hurt, obviously, that their batters are pretty adept at playing spin bowling as well. Mm. Thus, you know, when you go over there as a spinning bowler, you've sort of got a lot of pressure to use these conditions like the Indian bowlers can, um, but you're still bowling to, like, you know, some of the best batsmen of the world at playing your your craft. So it's, it is a difficult task as well for the, the bowlers that have to do it. They didn't all score runs. It was only really Sharma, Jadeja, Patel and Ashwin, surprisingly. Uh, not surprising, actually. Yeah, it was it was actually a big fight back. Yeah, I do wonder if it's like if say Jadeja was bowling at Rohit Sharma, if he could have that same success. Like mm. I, I think I think it's like India's spinners are just so relentless that there's almost nothing you can do. You can't bat properly. You have to do something outside the box. Maybe like Travis here. Yeah, because even even on day one, like the old gift that keeps giving Junior was sort of talking in that first session like it wasn't doing much. It was like. This is still doing plenty from what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, Marnus and Steve Smith played well and dug in, but I sent a message for I was like, I just simply can't see them, like, surviving this. Like, it's still no. doing a lot, and you've just got to be – you've got to get quite a bit of luck. You know, a few balls have to – instead of taking the edge or finding the pad, they just need to go, go past it. You need a bit of luck, but it just seemed like they were going to have to be so locked in for so long. Yeah, it sort of mirrors early season club cricket in Dunedin, doesn't it? Like that first couple of weeks on grass, it's like going to seem and do all sorts. So you might as well go for a slog, see what you can get because one's got your name on it at some point. Like you can't you can't actually win a test match in India through attrition. Like you can't just sit there and block and block and wait for a bad ball because one, their spinners don't really miss and two, like the good ball you're trying to keep out, one is just going to do something you can't do anything with and that's your day done. 
And when that happens 10 times in a session, that's, yeah, you bowled out for 90 with egg on your face. Yeah, you're right about the um the the batsmen though, Munter. It's a good point because they used to say that about the Aussie team as well. Like everyone wanted to see how like your Mark Wars and your Steve Wars and Gilchrist and Ponting would all go against their attack. Well, obviously, mm. something we're never going to see, but it's obviously a, yeah a lot help, uh, very helpful that they don't have to face these guys. Unless you grow up or you play a lot in those conditions through A tours or whatever like that, and those subcontinent tours like maybe Sri Lanka. Just I don't know how. Like teams from like England, Australia, South Africa, New Zealand, you know, whatever, can actually think that they can go to India and beat India at their game. Like, there's no way that you can't, like, unless you're, like, Steve Smith looks, he looks so much better than everyone else. He obviously can do it. He's got the technique and things like that. And I'm not going to act like I know exactly what how to play that sort of stuff because I've never done it, never will. But it it just it just feels like you need to play a brand outside the box. You probably need, dare I say, it, baseball. I feel like we were getting there eventually, weren't we? Where that was going to come up. Mm. That's what I want to see next. I want to see baseball in India. Yeah, that's that. That's what the people want, isn't it? That's the the baseball world tour of where is it going to be successful? And it's like India and. Maybe India are the only places to tick off. India and Aussie probably where we haven't seen it like completely go ballistic. So yeah, maybe it is maybe it is time for England, India and India to see sort of who's king, India at home or baseball anywhere else. Right. I will, maybe we'll use this as a segue into our into our new segment. Um, this is a this is a Jackson Latham special. Um, we, we haven't quite named it yet, but I've got here trade proposals, and basically it's kind of on the back of the the wild trade in the Big Bash um, of all places. Um, not not Kevin Durant going to Phoenix. No, it's um, the Big Bash trade. It's uh, the Melbourne Stars. Adam Zampa is being traded for Sam Harper, uh, the wicketkeeper from the Melbourne Re- Renegades. Um, real it's real sort of crosstown sort of trade that um but boys boys before we get into how that relates to our awesome new segment what a terrible trade for the stars i mean you give up one of the best leg spinners in the world and all you get back is and i mean like harper's a pretty handy big bash player but he averages 21 with a strike rate of 133 this is this is to me the equivalent of trading an all-star in the nba for a decent role player no picks no other players to quote our friend of the show brother bill simmons the stars are getting 50 cents on the dollar here yeah, um, it just feels like like no one's changing homes for that period, is it? Like, it's not like you've traded them out of state to get rid of them or like really anything. Like, obviously, something's gone on behind the scenes and someone's wanted to move. Um, sort of, it feels like maybe that's maybe Zampa's said, I'm going to the Renegades and they've tried to get sort of something back. But yeah, that, that's got to be maybe one of the more lopsided trades I've ever seen. Yeah, great to have trades coming through though. Um, yeah, just feels like yeah. There's not a lot you can do in cricket, I guess, or like you know, like there's not yeah. There's not sort of some draft picks we can throw in or something um, <laughs> to try and sweeten this pie. Maybe behind the scenes they got something out of it that that we're not aware of. But yeah, there it Kevin seems Mason, um, yeah. seems an odd one for sure. Renegade still sponsored by Mars. Do you think there's just like a container of chalky dropped off at the start? Well, that would sweeten well, the deal. Yeah, well, yeah. Just just another thing because apparently they've got a they've got like a trade window. Um, yeah, which I, I, I did not know at all, um, and this was this was sort of made outside that tray window. Um, yeah. If this was, if this was the NBA, yeah, we're talking tampering. Like, um, mm. 
I wonder. I wonder if there'd be a bit of a crackdown on this sort of carry on. Yeah, there has, there has to be. You can't stand for that in the game. You got to stamp that out, surely. Yeah, wonder wonder if Zampa passes his physical as well. The old physical, the old, yeah, the old Gary yeah. Payton too. Yeah, the old GP too. Can you can you sort of hop, step, and bowl? But no, it's a baffling from the stars for me. Just never, never would think you'd trade like an internet, even like an international player for an international player. You'd be like fair, but yeah, to trade basically the best white ball bowler for someone I don't know if I've actually heard of them until that trade. That's just yeah, baffling. That's never a good sign, eh? That's never, nah. That's, that's never a good sign. Well, obviously, knew I had, I had no clue he was a wicketkeeper until you said that, by the way. <laughs> well, I had to look it up. <laughs> I, only, I only found it when I, when I looked at the article. Oh, yeah, yeah, I had no clue. Nah. Nah, definitely not. Um, Imagine, like, behind the scenes, like, who'd we get? We got Zampa. Who'd they get? Yeah, we're not sure. I don't know. We got <laughs> some guy. We'll give him a crack umper. Yeah, we sent him someone. Just a salary filler. Yeah. <laughs> we'll sort of mo- move on to like how this actually, like what this has to do with Aussie India um, and I guess the segment is, so we basically, because like J- uh, Lugsy sort of mentioned, there's not many things you can do in cricket, but we thought like hypothetically, if you could, if you do international trades, um, what would that look like? And you guys are about to find out because we're... <laughs> We're going to negotiate on behalf of some nations for some trades live on air. Um, so this week, uh, so yeah, this week I'm going to be the GM for Australia um, after a pretty pretty poor test, uh, pretty desperate uh, to, to turn things around. And I'm going to be negotiating with the GMs, uh, Lugsy and Jacko, for India. Um, and we're going to see if we can come up with a trade that can help both sides. Um you you boys got any any questions before I before I uh, yeah, propose this trade? You're going to have to very be very good here because we don't need a lot. <laughs> that's yeah, right. we yeah, that's you're coming to us with sort of Sam Harper and we've got Adam Zampa sitting here, so hopefully we don't pull pin. <laughs> okay, okay. Look, I mean, look, guys, I, I'm looking at I'm looking at your squad. You know, it's a it's an underutilized player. You guys are obviously rolling pretty good. Like your skipper is an opener. Your vice captain, he's an he's another opener. So you're like, I wouldn't mind having a look at Shubman Gill. If um, <laughs> if, if, if you don't to take mind. LeBron off us when three years in his career. <laughs> look, I mean, I mean, LeBron will be playing. Oh, we have Cummins, Cam Green, and Steve Smith. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, look, you know. Warner looks like he needs Todd Murphy's glasses. He can't see the nut. And uh, Aussie, <laughs> Aussie's like closer to 40 to 30. So the end is sort of nigh. Um, here's, my, here's my first sort of proposal for you. How would you like the number four better in the world? Well, you're not even picking him, mate. Skies. <laughs> what do you know that we don't? You're not even picking him. <laughs> look, I mean, what do you got? <laughs> Let's look at that middle order. Let's look at that middle right, order. I'll just, you, I'll, we'll hear but, the trade out first. Yeah. You got Sky. You got Sky. He's he's at five. You know he's good at T20, but you know Test cricket was it really for him? How would you like Travis head in that middle order to bolster up? You know for you know let's think about a way as well. You know Coley, Bajara, they're on the way out. You know how about how about Travis head? You know he's in the prime of his career. I think I think a lot of teams would like Travi. First, so you want Shubman Gill for Travis head straight up? Where 
we're going to play half our games where you won't even pick <laughs> Travis Head. So, so that's a no. You're aware of the fact that you didn't pick this guy. Yeah. Yesterday. So his value at the moment is not high for, in my world. Yeah, that did, that did hurt us actually. It would have been nice if he got a wee like, quick 550 or something like that. Yeah. I think India will say no. You'll say no? Cro- yeah, initially. Um, I don't think you could get Travis, Travis Head's last name out before we hang up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about, mm, what if we throw in, what else have we got? What, are we, what if we throw in? So, Gil's your confirmed target. I think if you look, if you look at the Australian squad, I think they need an opener. I think. But I'm just trying to think what we want, what we're willing to give up. Look, I've seen that last test, mate. News need more than an opener. We've got to start somewhere. We've got to start somewhere. Um, what about, what about Cam Green? Ooh. We like Cameron. We, we do. He is tall. Cam Green for Shubman Gill. No, oh, we still need Travi here. Yeah, we'll hit. We, yeah. <laughs> you can't just throw Travis off the pile. How valuable Cam Green is. Cameron Green is safety. Like, we're talking about a guy that bowls at 140Ks. You're talking about a guy that already averages 35 with the bat. Yeah. And he's very young. Of all, like, we're talking about genuine, world class, all around potential. I'm not going to lie, Crom. I think we probably have to. Well, with Travis Head as well, though. Yeah. So we're getting rid. So we get Travis Head and Cam Green, and you get Shubman Girl. I think we might do that. No, 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 no. Oh. Yeah, just Cam Green, Cam Green, straight up. I, I don't. I don't. Tra- Travis Head. It's probably you. Probably if you if you're going to get another player, he. We're talking. It's a lower level. It's yeah. not Travis Head. Oh, that's 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 two of our main eleven. Yeah, I think there'd be enough value to do Shubman Girl for Cameron Green, personally. Yeah. I think we'd need more because I think, first mm. of all, I think we'd be absolutely hung at state if we gave away Gil from all the yeah. fans. Um, well, we've got Rohit. I'm, I'm at the point with Gil, though, where I feel like almost anyone straight up for him is probably not going to work. Like, yeah. It's going to be hard because there's so much potential there. You don't, I don't think I'd want to miss out on that. Yeah, maybe. You if you, Cam Grant. I, reckon, I reckon if you threw in... Yeah, but Cam Green could be out. It could be done in two years. There's too much injury concerns. I'd have to put him for a serious fitness test. <laughs> Take him on one of your runs, you reckon? Yeah, although I took a massive tumble down Signal Hill and I'm out of action <laughs> for a while, so maybe uh, I wouldn't take him with me. Okay, okay. Um, we may have, we may have to leave it leave it at that. I mean, I guess mm. I guess you guys are going to, have to decide which is which is the main GM and. and and who and which which isn't? Do we what, need a third? Do we need a I third team? What I think. What's our our second player we want? Crom. What do yeah, we? What okay. else do we need? Need to round things out. I wouldn't mind. Maybe maybe like Lance Morris, the wild thing. Maybe a prospect. Just throw another prospect in there. Something we can take to the Indian people and say, yeah. look, we've lost Shubman, but we've obviously we've gained Cameron Green and also this shiny new toy. Um, so who's the shiny new toy? And if you say oh, Sam yeah. Harper, if you say Sam Harper, <laughs> I'm going to hang up the phone. Someone who bowls rapid could be quite tasty for us. Um, yeah, that's maybe that's not only going to play, you know, potentially play play a couple of games at the World Cup for us, but also just be a bit of fun at the IPL. Yeah, yeah, bring Even some bring some crowds in. Lance yeah. Morris. You know what? I think I think I think we can do that. I think we can do that. I've never seen the guy bowl. No, nah, neither. But he apparently bowls quick. So. 
not great scouting, but it's one of those. It's one of those things where oh, I'm sure like we're Australia. You know, we, we, we can produce another one, just like, yeah. just like you guys can produce another Shubman girl. You got to, you got to think about that. I feel like, look, we're going to, for the sake of this, I think we'll take the deal. Um, but I feel like the the pub, the general public's going to say no to this. Yeah. Is going to um, is going to say we and you wouldn't be interested. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Shubman girl at the moment is he's he's. He's as hot, like his trade value is as high as anything Jeez, at the high. moment. Yeah, but at the same time, Cameron yeah. yeah. just didn't play the first test. Yeah, yeah, injured though. You know, he'll play. Yeah, he'll play that's, that's not helping me. Him being injured, <laughs> <laughs> not a serious injury, just his, his finger. It's all right. He'll be back. So we settle on that then. We've got. Yeah, we'll, I like we'll call it. it into, we'll call it into the league. Cam, uh, Cam Green and Lance Morris for Shimon Gill. Yeah, I think you win on that huge. Yeah, you're up big. I thought you were going to come trying to get Ra Jadeja off us, to be fair. I was first. Um, I thought you were going to put a, like a Cam Green, like even like a Cam Green and a Stark or Hazelwood for like a Jadeja sort of package. Yeah, but today I, I, I actually looked into like Jadeja's like 34 and I'm like, yeah. do I want to, do I want to like, do I want to lose Cam be- Green for like, we've got 10 years of Cam Green for like Yeah, but Jadeja would be handy for the next few tests. He's not as handy away. Yeah, but you're in the middle of a series in India, aren't you? Oh, yeah, just sort of, just for yeah. the series. Yeah, right, I'm with you now. Um, yeah, hey, you trade deadline. Are we rental? You obviously trade him at the end of the season. A GM, a GM's job is to look into the future. Um, yeah. You got to plan for the next the next few years. No, I think that they worked That's out well. Stuff. Pretty happy with that. Pretty happy yeah. with that. Um, uh, anything else you want to touch on with uh, Aussie India? Yeah, I just hope hope for a more competitive next test. Hopefully, Aussies maybe back at a bit more full strength. Maybe Travis Head plays. And, yeah, but a bit more of a competitive test would be nice. Righto, just a real treat here for us at the Maximum Cricket Podcast. We have ourselves another guest, two guests even. They are here to help preview a very exciting test series between the Caps and an absolutely rampant England side. We have Munners and Tim from Dealt With Cricket all the way from the UK. Been a long time coming, this collab, I must say. The fans, I'm sure, are very pumped. Boys, first of all, how cold is it up north? And secondly, yes, you're welcome for Brendan McCullum. And while we're here, Ben Stokes, you're welcome as well. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, who'd have thought New Zealand have revolutionised English cricket? Do we care? Um, <laughs> it's been, I mean, but, well, you know, it has been freezing cold. It's been a very cold winter, but we have been warmed by Basball. And, and it's been sensational, hasn't it, Tim? Yeah, it has. I'd, I'd just like to say that Ben Stokes did grow up in Cumbria, and I'd say all his cricketing nous and skill was uh, was honed by the Lake District. So, yeah, I don't think New Zealand can actually take that much from from Ben Stokes. But Baz Ball and Baz, he has absolutely changed this country's outlook on Test cricket, and it's been superb, and I've loved every minute. So, thank you to the people of New Zealand. Thank you, Brendan McCullum, and thank you, Brendan McCullum's dad as well and his mum. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant brilliant yeah i mean the, the ben stokes one is obviously a little little cheeky although i will add that um when he broke our hearts at the the world cup he was nominated for new zealander of the year um mm. that year so what was the thinking behind that uh i don't know uh i can't say i was impressed you, um, you guys really really overdo your humility sometimes don't you you, can, you, you do everything to just be the nice guys in the world. And where has that got us? 
the cracks have started to show recently, especially with that Kane Williamson bloke. Claiming <laughs> catches and whatnot. That's why, oh, that's why he stopped getting captain, actually. Is that what it is? Yeah, he just uh, couldn't handle anymore. He's got the dog in him now, hasn't he? Definitely. Um, so you sort of touched on the, the baseball vibes. Like, like what, what are the vibes back home, you know, with this test team? Like, is the country getting in behind? I know it's um, the winter at the moment, but nine tests in ten, playing an amazing brand of cricket, like, Riven, like just amazing stuff. Um, New Zealand, you know, we haven't we've gone six tests in a row without a win. We haven't won a test series since twenty twenty one. You guys dusted us up three nil. So this test series should be a bit of a walk in the park, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, uh, you know it's tough on you guys because you haven't had your usual seven game series against Bangladesh to <laughs> sort of show show how good you are. Um, but yeah, we, we are we're buzzing. It was weird. it was almost this feeling of delirious in the summer where we couldn't quite believe what was happening those sessions like um, was it Bearstow at Trent Bridge just hitting India into the short boundary consistently for about two, hour, two hours and it's almost a feeling of can't quite believe what's going on but people and this is no offence to, to New Zealand but people have already started talking about the Ashes more than they're talking about this um, series um, about to happen but I, it does feel as though well we're just just inevitable buzzball is inevitable we're going to come over and do a job <laughs> I think the thing for me is like, like Mona said I think it's it was so shocking like we were in a, a run of form where I think we'd won one test in 10 under Joe Root and Chris Silverwood we were playing pretty dour drab cricket and he's come in and along with Ben Stokes have kind of completely changed the way that we go about the cricket. And I think when you actually look at it on the surface, it's really simple, really, really simple what they're doing. Like, they, I think the first time we did it was against you guys at Trent Bridge and we were chasing, I think, 360 or whatever. Like, you'd go about that in a one-day game in a certain manner, but in a test match for some reason, we wouldn't. I remember sitting at Lords in, I think it was 2021, when... I, I think Kane Williamson had set England a pretty fair declaration. Uh, I think we needed 240 from 70 overs and mm. we didn't go for it. Dom Sibley and Joe Root just batted out the overs. So, but what they're doing is they're making the game really, really simple. And I, I absolutely love what they do. I think I remember hearing a story about Brendan McCullum during the 2015 World Cup where Owen Morgan was the England captain. He was having an absolute sorry time. I think we'd been battered by Australia, lost a few other games. And he's, he, he went out for dinner with a couple of other players. And he was like, gee, I wouldn't want to be Owen Morgan. It's like he's three down already. And then he sort of like turned that on his head and said, well, what if he was three down f- for no runs at the start of the game? Well, I'd have three or four slips. And he went and did that. And I think England started nicking off and New Zealand bowled us out cheaply. That's all he's done, really. He hasn't actually changed loads of stuff. He's just made the game seem more simple and not complicated it. And I think the players have really thrived off that and the public are loving it. It's very difficult not to get whipped up in it and caught up in it. Um, and we've just got to enjoy it. It's not going to be around for long. It's going to be two or three years of fun with Stokes and McCullum and we've just got to enjoy it. Yeah, 100%. And uh, like you, you touched on that, that first series and I just remember as a as a Kiwi fan, I just remember being in like a state of shock. Like we set you guys 300 uh, to win in three tests and not you normally think you'd win two out of three of those tests. 
So it's it's like as a New Zealand fan, you think we're not that far off it, and maybe if maybe if we can actually plan for a baseball rather than planning for like a test team, things might get a little different. Or will like this baseball juggernaut just keep rolling on? Because at some point, at some point they've got to lose. At some point, mm. and my theory would be that you'd rather lose to us than Aussie. Yeah, but think as well. You in sport, you you get second syndro- season syndrome a lot, don't you? I think, mm. and especially nowadays with every game's on TV or on YouTube, etc. So teams will be frantically trying to work out how do you play against this? And it's been around for what nine months or so. So I think you will start to see teams figure it out and find ways and be inventive around it. So I'm actually quite intrigued to see what, what New Zealand do do, bowling-wise, fielding-wise, even batting. Are they going to try and match England? Um, they probably won't, but how are they going to go about it? I think that's the most fascinating thing. And I do think teams will work it out and find ways to deal with it. It's just whether you can stop it, really, because if you've ever bowled in cricket, you know how hard it is if someone's coming at you every single ball to, to repeat your skill and, and land it, basically. Can I just uh, just a note there, Matt? I think that was one of the most Kiwi things I've ever heard. You'd rather lose to us, wouldn't you? Yep. It's like, it's like a, yeah. it's a real, real mentality. Of, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, we would rather lose to you guys than the Aussies, but that's not what Buzzball's about. <laughs> we, 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 we're, we're mean. We're not, we're not nice guys anymore. We're sleeve tattoos. We're going to come over and just win, dominate. <laughs> Couple of darts in the change room later, a few beers. Yeah, exactly. That sort of thing. <laughs> just vibes. That's that's the McCullum way. Um, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, but I thought, you know, I thought getting you guys on, I thought let's um, let's do like a combined eleven between the two sides. Let's see how close they are. Um, I want to sort of put up a doubt with a doubt with eleven versus a maximum cricket eleven. Um, you know, maybe let the public decide who might. <laughs> come out on top and maybe we'll revisit these sides at the end of the test series um, and, and mainly just sort of we can pick apart the players and and just have have a, have a good old yarn in between so um I'll, I'll st- we'll start with the the top we'll go we'll go with the openers so obviously you've got well both openers dined out in pakistan didn't they crawley duck it just absolutely pumped it Latham and Conway did the same thing. Um, the, I guess the, the real question will be, Munners, uh, how are you going to find a way to get Roy Burns on this side? <laughs> I, I, listen, I, I, I've, rumour has it Burns has been in the nets down at the Oval just making himself the ultimate basketball opener. Um, I, I, I've, got, I've got to say that it's amazing just how consistently people ask me about Roy Burns and how he's doing. Um <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not. I'm not actually a personal friend of Rory. I was just. I was just adamant that he was going to score a lot of runs in the Ashes. Um, so I, I, I now don't make too many huge or sweeping predictions for major Test series, just in case it happens again. Um, but I will say Zach Crawley's probably going to get two double hundreds in this series. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So he, so you lock him in, and as one of the openers. Yeah. Um, yes. And uh, <laughs> any, any any particular other opener or. Uh, yeah, I'd probably go with Ben Duckett. Ben Duckett, okay, okay, fair um, enough. I will let Tim. I will let Tim have a say on on our picks here as well. Um, you know, because I think I think there might be there might be a slight bias to my method. <laughs> I appreciate he's probably on Crick Info at the moment, checking stats. Um, so what, what, Conway was another one, wasn't he? 
Yeah, Conway, Conway and Latham will probably uh, be up top for, for New Zealand. Um, obviously, you know, Conway is one of the, <clears throat> I guess it's him and Bubba, uh, the best uh, all-format players in the world right now. It's hard, hard for me to leave him off the side. Latham really only scores runs in New Zealand, and since we're playing in New Zealand, I'm going to go Latham and Conway. Um, but uh, I, I, pre- I, appreciate, um, I appreciate the support for your, for your home side. When, when Ben Duckett is reverse sweeping opening bowlers, you'll know. You'll know you made the wrong choice. If that's happening again, well, buddy, I just got, just got used to buddy uh, Joe Root doing it every five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tell you what, there's, um, obviously when test matches are on over here in New Zealand, they're on the quite late at night. I've just got so many memories of, of sort of like half falling asleep watching Latham bat. It's just one of those guys, the aesthetics of it, that kind of nuggety feeling about it all. Oh, God. It's going to be so obvious, the contrast between how magnificent Zach Crawley is and how bad the alternative is from New Zealand. But there you go. And uh, Tim, uh, have you got a, a different different sort of take or are we, riding, are we riding with manners? Um, yes, yes, I do, yeah. For those of you listening to Dealt With for the first time, um, Munners is perhaps the optimistic one and I'm the pessimistic one. Or realistic one, I don't know. Uh, personally, yeah, I think it's very difficult to look... The yin and the yang, yeah. It's, I think it's very difficult to look past Latham and Conway. Um, but I'll, I'll stick with him. I'll, I'll back Zach and I won't crack. Um, so so we'll, have, we'll have Zach and we'll have Conway for me, is what I would go with. Um, I get his point with Latham. We're, we're going on We're going on brash bravado. That's why we're going with with Big Zach, uh, and Latham doesn't nick off enough for me. So, um, yeah, Zach Crawley and Conway would be my choice. Love it. Uh, okay, right. Let's uh, let's move on to well, uh, well, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll side with Munners. I'll let Munners make the final choice on well, the old. No, I think. No, I think uh, it's, it's all right. It's all right. Too. I'll let you have. I'll let you have the openers because I think there's bigger decisions to come. Yeah, it start, It starts to get pretty pretty real. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> middle order. Our three, four, our three, four, or five. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it there. Uh, look, I was going to. Uh, Willie, I think Root picks himself. Uh, you know, he's in New Zealand. We don't really have a four for a start, so Root's obviously going to slot in there. Um, there's an argument. He's the best best player in the world. Uh, bats left handed too much for Milton, for mine. Um, <laughs> but I do actually. I did have a have a wee uh, hot take. I wanted to run past you guys just on just on Root actually. Um, Ooh, I actually, nice. I actually believe his take. Uh, he's become a worse player under baseball because because he, he can actually bat properly while the others can't, so they have to whack it. <laughs> um, t- Tim, <laughs> you weren't prepared for that, were you? No, not at all. Um, I, I kind of see your point. Like, the, I think the reason why a lot of players for the England team are so aggressive is because they technically maybe can't back time at the crease, whereas Root can. But and I think he did have a ridiculous year the year he was captain. Um, so he's obviously not scored as many runs as twenty twenty one in twenty twenty two. But I think he's he's still scored. I'm not one for stats, unlike Munna saying that I was all over Crick Info, but. I'm pretty sure he still scored a big 100 against you guys uh, in one of the test matches, maybe Trent Bridge. Um, and I think he's still done yeah, pretty time. well. I don't think he's got to become a worse player. I still think he's the, the best batsman that we've ever produced in England of our generation. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I kind of see your point on 
he's maybe not getting the best out of himself because he's not batting time, but still, he's mustered. I think, Tim, as well, we'd rather a happy Joe Root that's scoring less runs and, you know, the burden that that man was under when we were bad. <laughs> oh, my God, uh, he has to do everything. He literally was <laughs> doing everything, yeah. He's, he became the spinner for a while, didn't he? It's like when he got that double hundred in India. <laughs> and it was, it was just like he's like bowling 30 overs, scoring double hundreds, captain in the side. Christ, he must have, Jesus, must have been a rough, rough time. Um, and we were a burden of a test match cricket side at that time. Good content. It was good content, like in terms of like, well, here's all, here's everything England was doing wrong. <clears throat> that was good. Now it's now it's like, oh, now we now we it's like England's changing cricket all of a sudden. <laughs> I think for me, for me, I think you, you're looking at Williams, Williamson and Root, and that's just unbelievable three and four personally. And that's that's um, your mark, isn't it? I think so. Munners is obviously a Surrey man and he's incredibly biased <laughs> towards Surrey, which is why he touted Rory Burns to score the most runs in the ashes of anyone. So I'll, I'll let him talk about why Oli Pope should be in this side. Do you know, some people are born destined for greatness and Oli Pope is one of them. He's one of those people that you would always put as maybe not your first, but certainly your second name on a team sheet in this instance, because you just know he is going to be one of the greatest test match cricketers of all time. And coming from a man as well who doesn't look like he should be, just a wee, I've used wee because I'm on a Kiwi podcast, a wee (laughs) ginger lad who has one of the most magnificent cover drives. Again, maybe I should just pick this batting order based on who plays the best cover drives because Zach Crawley and Ollie Pope are up there. But he's just consistently brilliant in first-class cricket. I think he averages he averages 99 at the Oval, and the Oval should be the only ground in the world where we play Test Match cricket, but I can come back to that another time. Trust me when I say, just give him as long as he needs in any side, <laughs> and Ollie Pope will average 60 to 70 by the time he's finished playing Test Match cricket. He's had about eight years already, Munners. Yeah, how, how long do you think he's playing for? He's only what well, he's only he's only nineteen, isn't he? How old are you? <laughs> he's I, about I just, twenty-five. I just think he's Ian Bell light. Like it's just <laughs> you know, he's just it's like it's he, he looks like Ian Bell, um, but he's not Ian Bell. Yeah. I'd I'd like you to dip your toe a bit further into Ollie Pope content. Go go and go and have a look at some of his first class knocks and you just think, uh, Manners was right. He is <laughs> incredible. No, he's a good he's a good player, and um, and even though uh, would you say he's had, he had his best year ever in twenty twenty two? Yeah, I I mean, other than years when he was just you know dominating um, like Leicestershire bowling attacks, um, yes, definitely because uh, he was. I, I I do genuinely think he's 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 different gravy when he's good. I don't know if you you, you agree, Tim. Uh, I'm I'm yet to be. Um... Yet to be sold with Ollie Pope. I think there's a lot of talent. He's had a lot of opportunities for very little return, um, personally. I think he's got all the ability in the world, but he's probably not shown that at test level yet. Um, I obviously believe in the Surrey Southern bias um, of England selection. <laughs> Just trust me, if, this boy, if he was from Lancashire, you'd be saying, give him as many tests as he wants. <laughs> <laughs> he averages 30, lad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he was doing that in that terrible England side, so you know. 
Yeah. He was part of that terrible England side. Yeah, but it's not his fault he had to come out and face the new ball so consistently. Like, you know, <laughs> unbelievable. Give Ollie a chance. No, nah, he's he, he's a good player. I mean, I'm not going to have him over Williamson uh, just yet. Uh, call me call me crazy, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that from a number, f- I think the f- number five position is going to be. I mean, that's going to be a flip of the coin. I know when you got Daryl Mitchell versus Harry Brook, that's going to be. Uh, I think I know where where you guys are going to lean, and maybe where the yeah. public is going to lean. But for me. Like we only have to go back to the, the three-match series um, where Daryl Mitchell spent 14 days in the middle um, <laughs> digging us out of a hole. Yeah, so I'm going to go Daryl Mitchell. Yeah, I, I actually, I agree with you. I wasn't expecting that, I'm not going to lie. Because I, I I, I, if we're picking a, a joint side out of these two sides, then you pick the guy who, who's got England's number at the moment, right? Surely. Yeah, that makes sense. That they, makes we, sense. We, don't, we don't know. We don't know what Brooks going to do against New Zealand. It might be his bogey team, and also just um, I see a lot of myself in Daryl Mitchell. You know, I think Tim would agree. <laughs> uh, 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 those moments like yawning and dropping catches at first slip, because really you're just there to I don't know have a bat and that's it. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm with you. I was expecting more on Harry Brook. It's interesting how you, you didn't have, um, you weren't fiercely defending Harry Brook like you did Ollie Pope. Well, yeah, but uh, you know that's because you know people need to give Ollie Pope a chance because he's generational talent. I'm not so sure about Harry Brook, but um, <laughs> <laughs> he only averages eighty. Um, need to need to pump those numbers up. I think. Yeah. Um, Tim, where, where Tim, you said probably wants to, Tim probably wants to come to the defence of Harry Brook. I imagine. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I, I was going to say I'm actually a huge fan of Daryl Mitchell. I think you you probably are. We we don't all have time to watch every game of Test cricket that's ever on, um, as much as people would love to. And the games that I've seen of Daryl Mitchell and in in white ball cricket as well, I think he's a, a really really good cricketer and a really really good batsman um there's something about him that i just feel like it, in the north of england we have pros so we have the the overseas come over and pro and you have to have a pro in the league and he just feels like a really really good pro at club level who's just taken it to this next sort of next level and he, he just still looks like that on the cricket field i feel like I can relate to him, like Mona said, a little bit. Not necessarily his yawning and dropping catches and slip, but just the way about way he goes about his cricket. He's, um, I don't want to use the word, but I'm going to use it. It's quite wholesome. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of the way he goes about it. But on Brook, I, I do think this guy is a serious, serious talent um, mm. and could be, you know, up there with Joe Root. I, I genuinely do believe that. I think it will. We'll, we'll see how good he is. When he plays in England against the moving ball, played in Pakistan, the ball did nothing for for three Test matches, and, and he scored some wonderful hundreds. But let's wait and see him, him against a swinging juke ball, and then we'll know a bit more. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'll go with Mitchell as well. I think he's he's done it. He's done it over and over again for the last couple of years. Um, big fan of him, and I also quite like bold cricketers. Um, I think there's just something that that looks great. So Mitchell. It's, it's an, this is an inclusive cricket team, uh, trying to keep everyone involved. Um, yeah, exactly. But yes, uh, like just just on just on Daryl Mitchell, like I um, I've talked about it with with the boys, where like he hasn't always been in the the main eleven. He's sort of been a bits and pieces, and he's filled in every now and then. And he's always striked me as someone that's like really confident in their own abilities. 
Like he doesn't see him. He never saw himself as like a, like a B grade cricketer. He always saw himself as a Williamson, a Conway. He saw himself on that level. And then when the opportunity presented it itself, he was he just he stands up in those big moments, which a lot of people don't. So yeah, I like that on Mitchell. And just on on Brooke, um, really interested to hear from some an English perspective when Besto comes back. Uh, let's say he's back for the Ashes. What we, what's happening with the batting lineup? Oh God, who knows? I actually haven't heard a sensible suggestion yet from anyone in the English public. Um, I, I heard someone talk about Harry Brook going and opening the batting. I mean, he's never opened the batting in first class cricket once in his mm. life, so I don't know how he's going to do that. Um, how are we going to do it? I think the um, and Munners will probably jump in here and and explain why we need Ben Folks, but. I think you, you, you drop folks, you bring Bairstow in and you find a way of fitting Brooks, Stokes and Bairstow in at five, six, seven. I think uh, Bairstow has a pretty good record at seven, so I, I wouldn't see a problem with him going there. Bairstow scored six Test Match 100s last year. Like that, That's unheard of. That is a ridiculously good record. He also missed the Pakistan series where everyone yeah. scored 100. He could have got nine, <laughs> couldn't he? <laughs> he actually could have. Um, <laughs> So I think you have to find a way of fitting him in. And I don't think Ben Folks has done much wrong, to be honest. I think his batting's been better than Butler um, when Butler was in the side. Um, but I think you, you've got to find a way. These these three are sort of generational talents mm. and you've got to find a way to get them in the team and get them batting in places where they're going to thrive and, and shoehorning in them in in one, two and three is not is not what to do if they've never batted there. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree, Tim. Um, you've got to drop Jack Leach. Um, <laughs> it, 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 I feel like Buzzball is set up in such a way that we could just have Joe Root as our spinner, drop Jack Leach, and then just bow all the way down to eight and nine. That's wild. I know that, it doesn't. I mean, it's, I don't think that's. I don't think that's as batshit crazy as it sounds. Um, it's probably not, you know, it's probably oh, not. Yeah, Joe oh, Root is yeah. a very handy spinner. Um, but it is just if you do get caught against Australia and they dig in and Joe Root's got a ball 30, 40 overs in an innings, then you're in trouble, I think. Well, they can um, put his feet up and Brooke, well, everyone can come up the order, can they? So they can have a rest after that. <laughs> Joe Root uh, at seven. Joe Root at seven. You could do it seven. That's basketball. That's basketball, baby. <laughs> um, you could because it's probably going to be between because I don't think Holly Pope's quite out of the the fire just yet because you got I guess like Holly Pope, Harry Brook, and folks. It'd be interesting to see what they do while Bearstow's um, while Bearstow's injured, mm-hmm. and if one of those one of those guys doesn't perform, then it makes it easier. But if all three perform, that's when uh, things get interesting. I don't think the plan will be for Bairstow to keep again in, a, in an England side. I think I think it's any and just set up everything so the lad can bat and do what he does. Um, you know, mm. uh, I think I, and and I do think that Baz being a being a keepers union man will look to pick the best keeper in the country. And they've, you know, Stokes has said it as well. They want, they want folks in the side. So I don't see him as being the guy that they're looking to drop anytime soon. Um, it's and just, he's, 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 man, it's not that hard, is it? Oh, Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> he's, a, he's also a lovely, um, lovely sort of counter to, to what's going on with Buzzball in terms of the batting lineup because folks comes in and just, um, I think, I think, you know, he, he offers stability there, bit of grubbiness, bit of grittiness with the bat. It's good to see someone betting properly. It's almost properly. He's a little because he's got a, for for a man who is aesthetically as beautiful as he is. He is quite a grubby batsman. It's mm, good way of putting it. Can't um, play fast bowling. Should we? Should we do that? I was going to say. Should we? Should we pick the keeper while we're here? Um, yeah, Ben Folks. Because Ben Folks. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say he is the best looking guy in Test cricket right now. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. He's so hot right now. Yeah. So he's in. Um, yeah. Even though Tom Blundell's scoring heaps of runs, uh, we'll, we'll go with uh, we'll go with folks. Yeah, I've never heard of that one. Um, he was the guy at the he was he was the guy like uh, at the other end with Mitchell, <laughs> where he batted thirteen days. I think. Nah, I don't remember him. Nah, I'm not sure. Must have been a couple of dodgy DRS decisions. Huh? No, I don't don't remember Tom Blundell. Nah, Blundell. Nah. Blundell. Nah. Let me Google him. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Right on that on that note, we'll uh, we'll do our all rounder, which is obviously going to be Michael Bracewell. <laughs> any any objections here? Uh, no, I, I, Tim, I'm not sure. I mean, what, what have we Bracewell got? Or, oh, oh Stokes. Yes, yes. Stokes. Oh, that's, oh, that's right. It. That's right. He's uh, he's he's not bad, is he? Um, can I jump? Right. Can I jump in on the uh, on the Stokes uh, Flintoff debate that you guys had on? Uh, Yes. On your show yes. the other way, other yes. way, because I, I was thinking about that. I was listening to your to your podcast. Very good. Uh, check it out. Stokes Stokes is obviously the better better. Flintoff's the better bowler. I think Flintoff's a little overrated. Just I think I think he can turn it up every now and then, but you just don't get it as often as as you think. I think the longer the two thousand and five Ashes is from like from now. It sticks out like a sore thumb. There's not a lot of other good stuff around it. You know, the over the over against Callis is overrated. Um, he, the guy couldn't see. Um, I, I agree with you there. That, that was that, is Callis just being a bit bit soft. Like I, I don't think it's anywhere near the the ponting over. Um, but that's just me. Um, so yeah, I'll go Stokes. Stokes against Flintoff. A lot of the Flintoff being better than Stokes is such a romantic selection for a lot of lads of a certain age, a lot of lads and ladies from a certain age because, you know, 2005. And I don't know, I don't know if New Zealand have had a summer like it or ever will have a summer like we had in 2005 where everything was simpler and people were happy because all they cared about were cricket. It was on terrestrial TV. It was on free-to-air TV. So people just, everyone, it was just eyes on cricket and, you know, open top bus parade for winning in ashes. I, I, that will never happen again. So, so w- w- when you look about uh, in the same way that Basball is revolutionising Test cricket at the moment, that was a cricketing revolution, and it was hugely based on Mr. Andrew Fre- Freddie Flintoff. It was, so. yeah. I think, yeah, he, he the the reason for the maybe the bias, or I'd rather Stokes or uh, Flintoff over Stokes, is not. Not necessarily cricketing; it's more the, the character and mm. the reason why a lot of people of our our age actually got into cricket or enjoyed cricket was Flintoff. Like he was the gateway drug for a lot of us, um, so I think that's where a lot of people would maybe go, oh, "I'll take Flintoff." But I, I, in terms yeah. of cricket, I don't I don't think there's actually 
a debate. I think Stokes is better. He's done more. Um, yeah, and more describing Flintoff as a gateway drug means that Basball <laughs> is me round the back of a car park bin, uh, injecting just... straight into my veins. <laughs> just <laughs> double dropping cricket. <laughs> yeah, it's a serious problem. Brilliant. Um, I, I was thinking, because when you're talking about that t- 2005 when all eyes were on cricket, for, uh, for New- the Kiwi fans, that was probably the 2015 World Cup. I don't actually remember that one. No, no, I, I tell you what, um, that, to be fair, that was a very important juncture in England cricket. That was the uh, the turning Huge point. Huge moment. You don't uh, get ba- so what, I don't think you get baseball without that World Cup. Well, no, you don't. I'll tell you what, if you, what did a, if, you did, if you did a little TikTok on that, if you took us through why Basball exists should, from, from the 2015 should, World Cup. The butterfly effect, you should actually. That's good. Mm. What, so what was it like in New Zealand then in that 2015? Because you, you did have this sort of swashbuckling side, didn't you? Well, I went I went to that game, uh, that England game, where they got absolutely poleaxed. And the game was over by lunchtime like they had lunch when we when uh, i think new zealand needed about like 10 runs to win um so it was like it, you felt but it was like the the crowd was like electric like Saudi was just like he was on something and then mccullum was just absolutely smashed them everywhere it just um it did sweep the nation it felt like i remember the final like we're in we're in town we're all dressed in white. Uh, we're just happy to be here, be there, just like the players were. Apparently, yeah. No, it was it was pretty special, pretty special. Looking back, um, yeah. wouldn't mind those kookaburras getting looked at that New Zealand got given for there in it, when they were bowling. Because Jesus Christ, it goes sideways. Yeah, didn't, didn't, wasn't uh, wasn't doing as much for Stephen Finn, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's because it was in your paint. <laughs> So did you go to the MCG in whites? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. We just went, just went like we went into town, uh, to a pub and things Your like that. Your local town? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, even yeah. weirder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, um, it's no, we're weird. We're, we're, we're weird uh, cookies. I think we like, we did like a ceremonial burning of an Oz Australian jumper. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, obviously very tribal. Yeah, it didn't work, obviously. Um, but that's that's all right. But that, um, but that semi and, must have been special. With, yeah, with, was it yeah. Elliot scoring? Yeah, it was because it was like, who the hell is Elliot? Um, well, where's <laughs> this come from? Uh, McCullum just pumping it, and obviously that that South African team was pretty special as well. Yeah, Vittori just he got that four at the end. Um, South Africa dropping all those catches, missing runouts, um, just classic South Africa. Yeah, no, it was pretty special stuff. Pretty special stuff indeed. Um, nothing like, of course, uh, um, another World Cup we won't we won't talk about. Um, but yeah, um, bowl, what about the bowlers there, fellas? Because this is this is where it gets pretty interesting. Um, you got no mm. bolt, no wood, no archer. Got the return of Kyle Jamieson um, on the New Zealand side. We've got the new skipper Tim Sally, Matt Hooney, Neil Wagner. And of course, in England, we've got Anderson, Broad, Robinson, and the Williamson whis- whisperer Matthew Pops. Um, <laughs> for spinners, you've got Leach, Ishodian, and Bracewell, um, who was obviously our our rounder. Um, but look, I'm going to be up front. I can't pick a spinner. <laughs> There's no way I'm telling any of these fast bowlers that they aren't playing because of Jack Leach. Um, so I, I, I just can't pick a spinner because it's just uh, right. a waste. Yeah, it's just a waste of a position. Uh, Tim, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to think about whether we pick one in our side because I don't know. 
I'm going to take Deacon Vincent. It's, it is really difficult. I know the the team, the players that Matt's just listed off there. There's some serious bowlers and some serious bowlers that won't even get a look in, will they? Like Matt Henry, I don't think he gets a look in um, no. at all, but he's a great bowler. Um, it is going to be really difficult to pick a spinner. I don't actually know about the wickets and whether they'll take spin. Uh, if I was going to pick one of those three, um, I think it, it, in terms of as a spinner, I'd go with Ishtodi just because it does something a bit different and he'll attack and, and maybe take a few wickets. But I think you you might you might look at playing Bracewell as a as an all rounder, but you've got Stokes, so you don't need to. Mm. You've got Roach. I'm, I'm you've got Roach, here. Roach is spinner. Yeah, uh, Williamson, he's not a bad spinner. He'll, he'll do a job, won't he? He'll Sh- hold he chucks, up. Chucks it, chucks it this way, doesn't bowl anymore. Oh, he's, not, he's absolutely not allowed. I remember he used to not be allowed. No, I don't know if he be, He might, but I don't know. He, he just, he, just he more doesn't want to bowl. The guy is, is, is just the worst bloke. <laughs> he's a grub, <laughs> isn't he, that Williamson? He's just terrible. Fucking <laughs> um, damn, damn him and his perfect beard. <laughs> it's a nice beard, though, isn't it? it is I mean, crisp, has he got crisp. any sponsorships out there with beard oil? Um, not that I know of. He's a pretty quiet character. Not not very not very active on the socials. Is he not? <laughs> Big on Snap. Yeah, he's got to be real. It's great. <laughs> if he uh, our white whale on the Maximum Crew podcast, Kate Williamson. Maybe oh, okay. one day. Maybe one day. Um, no, I, I think it's very difficult to pick a spinner. Um, you, you look at the golf in in quality between seamers and spinners. I think, I think you're right. You're going four-seamers. I don't think England or New Zealand will go four-seamers. But for the purposes of this, let's do it. We've got we've got, we've got a pink ball test first up, haven't we, sir? Yeah, we've we got yeah. pink ball test first up. The Mount Manganui, if any pitch is going to spin, it's probably that one. But it's a day-nighter. It's pink ball. So I don't mm. know how that's going to work. Um, yeah, I mean, I've gone, I've gone Jameson, Robinson, Southie and Anderson. Um, <sighs> that's for me, yeah, I've got J- Jameson Robinson. They both average less than 20. Um, Jimmy Anderson, there's an argument he's bowling as well as he's ever bowled. Um, and Tim Southey, I mean, he's leader of the attack for New Zealand. I just got to want to throw something out there. Out there, um, No Stuart Broad. Is it? What's the feeling like in the UK? Is, is Robinson, is he ahead of Broad? I'll tell you my feeling, Matt. Stuart Broad's been stealing a living for years. He's been bowling at the other end to James Anderson for a very long time. I, I don't think, I don't think, I wouldn't have minded if Broad stepped out of the way four years ago. Um, and I thought, I thought the, the summer just gone where Potts got dropped for Stuart Broad to come back in was, uh, was really, really sad and a genuine shame because I don't, as much as I, <sighs> Everyone around me will tell me, and Tim will probably tell me that you know Stuart Broad is actually, in fact, a fantastic bowler, and his legs are pumping, and it's one of those <laughs> spells. I just don't buy into the hyperbole that surrounds that man, and I don't want you to throw statistics at me. I don't <laughs> want. I don't want to be told that I'm wrong because actually his strike rate is one of the best in in world cricket. I just don't care. He doesn't fill me with joy as a cricketer, and I think it's about time that we let. Robinson and Potts crack on with it, and Ar- when Archer comes back, I don't see how Broad gets in a- that lineup. Yeah, again, I'm going to get so many DMs. I just... No, no, I mean you will, you will, Munis, but I think you do actually make a really good point. Like, 
if you're bowling at the other end to James Anderson, you're going to pick up a lot of wickets. <laughs> you are. I do think you're probably underplaying how good Broad is. But I think you need a bit of variety in the attack. And, and Robinson, OK, he's, he's fairly similar to Broad, but he's a bit quicker. He gets a bit more bounce. He probably he bowls those, uh, those wobble seams a little bit more. And I, I actually think England will probably go with Stone. They like to go with um, a quick bowler as well, just a, a little bit of a point of difference. So I think we'll probably go with Robinson, Anderson and and Stone for that first test, I, I would imagine. Um, just so there's a little bit extra pace. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think Stuart Burrow walks back into this side, especially if, as he didn't play in, in Pakistan. Um, but he's not a bad guy to have around. Except, except when he doesn't get picked, and then he you know, he releases what a column, or he does a he does a um, he does an interview on Sky Sports about him, yeah. getting, him getting dropped <laughs> and things like that. So he's when he's out there, he's out there liking tweets of journalists who are saying, "How could they have dropped the amazing Stuart Broad?" You know? Yeah, I mean when he when when he's right, when it, when everything's right with Stuart Broad, it's at, at that moment smells. he's like one of the best bowlers that's ever lived like when he's going through like the eight for 15 or that six for in South Africa or even just that um like he turned one of the tests when yeah against against New Zealand and he just he has those moments but you just feel like they're few and far between now um and when you've got like like you got Robinson who's like genuinely world class um like you said when when Mark Wood's back when Archer's back um I'd yeah, I don't know how he fits in that team. Like he's, if he's happy to just be in the squad and play when applicable, then that's fine. But I don't think he is. No. I think I think he, I, you know, I, I don't know him personally, obviously, because um, I wouldn't be saying these things. But uh, <laughs> he uh, he doesn't strike me as the kind of cricketer who's comfortable with the idea of being in a squad. And I, I, I genuinely think that would be that's probably quite an interesting bit of coaching for for Baz to manage um the retirement of Stuart Broad cuz I don't think it's that far away I don't know if you disagree Tim but not necessarily um we've been saying it for a few years about both Broad and Anderson but they do seem to sort of keep churning on and, and doing a great job I just I just think with Broad he that our our sentiment as a pair here is probably quite different to the, the British cricket public like he's genuinely is loved by them. Um, he's also he's got a lot of friends in the media. A lot of them like him, write about him all the time, pump up his tires and things like that. And I'm going to say that as a, a member of a, a pub co- podcast and uh, independent sort of cricket channel, like I think there's a there's a huge media bias towards Stuart Broad, uh, and that rubs off on the public. Um, I think he's he's very good, but I don't think he's as good as people have made out, especially not in the last year or so. I think, like you said, there are better options out there for England, better options that are going to help us win test matches. But as, as soon as he's left out the side, there's all of a sudden a, a huge blow up. But why is Stuart Broad not playing? He should be playing, etc. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things, Tim, isn't it? The British public refer to him as Broadie exclusively. Yeah. Like it's, we, it's, we, it's, it, at the Old Trafford, right? Uh, we're, old, we're going to talk about Old Trafford, Tim. Yeah, but I'll let you do it, don't worry. Yeah, so, so we're Old Trafford's home of the GOAT of scene bowling, James Anderson. James Anderson bowling from the James Anderson end. <laughs> and I would say it's it's lively, but it's not over the top. 
people are excited. It's like, oh, Jimmy's bowling. But then all of a sudden, Stuart Broad comes on. And I've never heard a noise like it at a cricket ground. People are banging things, getting up, clapping hands. Oh, Broad, he's on his knees, are pumping, he's flying. It. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand why people are so riled up by Stuart Broad. But it's like Tim says, it's every it's rammed down your throat that you have to love him. Um, it was it was bizarre. It's bizarre. There you go. Sorry, mate. I feel like it's a therapy session now. No, no, that's all right. It's all, we're, uh, we're, we're here. We're here for you. We're here for you. Um, Thanks, it, I just it, needed it, someone in a, in a Kiwi accent to tell me that today, actually. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, so, so it's fair to say Stuart Broad doesn't make your uh, your bowlers list. Is that fair? We've cleared that up. Yep. Okay. 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 Fair enough. Um, righto, boys. So, <clears throat> predictions uh, for the series: two tests, uh, one in Mount Maunganui, Pink Bull, uh, one at Wellington, um, which will be relatively spicy, pretty bouncy. Um, what are, What are you picking? Two 0 England. Tony England, okay. Fair I'm in the yeah. favourites. Fair enough. Uh, t- yeah, t- I think I, I think I think I think you'll try. You'll try hard, and we'll appreciate the company out there on the field. But you're going to get buzzballed. Yeah, I think two 0 as well. Um, I don't think there'll be a draw like last time. I think it was quite a turgid series last time around, wasn't it? With BJ Watling settling in for days upon end. I don't think we'll we'll get that this time around. I think England have just have just got the boulder rolling. And I think that will keep going. Okay, fair enough. I'm, I'm obviously going to zag a little bit. Um, <laughs> and I'm going a, a 1 0 <laughs> New Zealand victory. There's no draw. So, <laughs> so the thing about baseball is no, no one knows how to prepare for it except a team that's about to play them for their second time. Um, so oh. we've seen it. We've seen it. We've, got, we've gone away. We're going to have some different plans. I'm going to suggest, you know, maybe we bowl like a bit more like T20, one day's field sort of thing rather than test cricket because we're not preparing for a test series. We're preparing for a baseball series. Um, so I think we blindside you in the first test with a with a baseball, uh, with a, sorry, with the pink ball test. Uh, we, we, we win that one. But then the second test, you guys come roaring back with your class. Um, but unfortunately... The Wellington, the base reserve, our pitches get flatter and flatter and flatter, and we're going to bat two and a half days for a draw and win the series, and that's going to give what? you guys the kick up the ass to win the Ashes. I don't, I don't hate that narrative. I love, I love, I also love the idea that there's people in lab coats at the moment prepping for <laughs> baseball, just, just trying to figure it out. They've got teams of thousands of Kiwis trying to figure it out, but you know, you know what's coming. But you just can't stop it. It's inevitable. <laughs> it's inevitable. <laughs> it's like COVID. <laughs> it will get it's you. Got, it's got to get you. Yeah, uh, can't test for buzzball though. Because I think, because um, I was thinking about the ashes, the ashes moving forward. Because Australia, Australia are going to be quite sort of arrogant in the way, like, oh, our bowlers, you know, our bowlers are different. Like you. Baseball's uh, whacked every other bowling attack in the world, but our bowls are different. So I actually think you guys um, baseball the shit out of them. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That idea that they'll they'll be a bit more. Oh, we'll just hit top of off. You know, we'll do what we do. Relentless, straight. Um, and then and then and then they'll get baseballed. But you're right. New Zealand will be more thoughtful and humble. 
<laughs> um, lastly, I got one one last question for you for your boys. And I'll let you go. Um, what's most What's the most important thing for an English fan? Winning the Ashes, the World Test Championship, or winning the World Cup again? That's a good in that. Um, this year, for me, winning the Ashes, I think, is is that's the most important. But if you'd asked me four years ago in 2019, I would have said winning the World Cup, 100. Um, percent So it it does change. But th- this year, if, if we win the Ashes, that'll be more important to me than winning that World Cup. Yeah, I, I also think there's a lot more on the line than just. English cricket I think we're talking a potential death of test match cricket if Australia win the Ashes <laughs> no because... they won't be the it's just three teams playing test cricket from after this well, yeah. yeah we do need what to sort that out don't we yeah yeah sorry about that ah, we... these things happen <laughs> <laughs> too nice man yeah <laughs> Yeah, we, we gave you a we gave you a coach, we gave you a captain, and now uh, you can make yeah, us just, as well. Maybe we could do like a Lions tour once every every three year, few years when we have a conjoint England and New Zealand team. We'll just play county cricket. Oh yeah, yeah, there you go. Nice, brilliant, brilliant. Steve will get you out. <laughs> yeah, Steve will gonna get you. Right, anything else you boys want to touch on? Um, no, I think I think we're set. I think we're set. Um, just um, yeah, thanks for having us on, Matt. It's been uh, it's been class. No, mate, thanks very much for having us on. Absolutely loved it. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to this series. Obviously, not going to catch much of it because it's it's through the night. Um, but I think it will be a good series. And like I said, it'd be quite interesting to see what New Zealand do um, to try and stem the basketball flow. Uh, so looking forward to it. Maybe catch up in in a couple of weeks or something. Yeah, we'll do a, do a debrief or something like that. And, uh, no, it should be good. No, this has been uh, fantastic, boys. Uh, thanks very much for joining the show. Um, if you, if you just want to follow Dealt With, I'll, I'll link them in the show notes. Uh, you definitely should. Uh, they're, they're good stuff. They're a good laugh, and they've got some good stuff coming up with the ashes and and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, boys, it's been a pleasure, and we'll, uh, we'll catch up soon. Nice one. Nice one, pal. As discussed last week, we had an incredible draft, um, another really deep draft with chocolate blocks taking the centre stage. And look, it was another close contest between three titans of the snack game, uh, the big three, if you will. Um, Myself and Jacko were tied at the top with 38% of the votes each. And for the second draft in a row, we've had to go to TikTok for the decider. And this gave Jacko the slight edge to take his first W of the snack draft season. Um, Jacko, a few words as the current champion and also your pick for snack of the week. Yeah, good good to get back on top. Um, took a bit of heat for the chips and lolly selection uh, during the week, during those weeks. So, um, a bit of heat yeah, online of, sort of thing? Yeah, just just, to, just around the boys. Um, spinning tops especially went down like a lead balloon. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's tough to take, but, you know, Still copping it, eh? Good to just sort of have a bit of self-reflection, get back on the horse, draft well, get the scouting team back in line. Like it was good for the the scouting department to get that across the line, because um, yeah, there was we were close to firing a few people. So um, yeah, good good to get the the building back on track. Um, and then yeah, we'll go for another arguably another very very strong category here, and we'll go biscuits. Um, sort of just your your packet of biscuits from the biscuit aisle um, at the supermarket. So I believe that puts Simon Cromedy on the clock. 
Yeah, thanks, mate. Um, biscuits, they're, they're a tough one. Like, what do I, are they a snack you necessarily grab if you're going down to the soupy? Probably not. Um, not all the time. But will you have two, you know, as a young fella, you come home from school, you grab a glass of milk, you have a couple that slips away and suddenly you've had a packet? Yeah, you'll do that a lot. Mm. Dangerously good. A lot of options. A yeah. lot, a lot of options. Um, I'll first honourable mention, I mean, I can't draft at number one, but if I could, I would. And that's grandma's homemade. Yeah. I mean, chocolate chippy cookie around at grandma's. I'd say that's actually one of the biscuit great strength, though. It's a real homemade staple. Yeah. Especially just out of the oven when it sort of melts in your mouth. Oh, mouth. Yeah. yeah, nothing like getting a grandma's, knowing the biscuit tin, picking it up, bit of weight to it. You know there's going to be something good inside. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I'll start us off and I'd let me know if this isn't eligible, but and sort of, as I say, it's, it's only something I've, I, ha- I didn't grow up with them, didn't rate them particularly highly, and now they're my sort of go-to biscuit, sort of one of the, the big global ones, maybe not a huge one, as big over here in New Zealand, but obviously still a, a bit of a titan worldwide. And I'm going to go your, your classic Oreo. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm on my board. Yeah, it sort of just became, slowly but surely became a number one. Yeah. Yeah, it's you a great it. pack. It's I had quite, it very It's high. quite diverse. Like you can just eat it normally or you can you can take the tops off. Yeah, so rip eat it, the middle. Rip there's it, there's so many different it, ways. You know. Like, it's, it's Quite often, as we've talked about, well, I, I have personally talked about before, um, that price point, you can quite often get them for a buck, which is just dangerous. Oh, you get them for yeah. a sickening amount of money, yeah. Like just you're nutting a whole sleeve for a dollar. I was going to say, they are one that absolutely slip away on you and the sleeve's gone <laughs> in 20 minutes. Like top. Yeah. I yeah. mean, well, speaking, speaking of one that can just, like it's impossible not, to, it's impossible to have one or two. And one go. It's a real sort of like I, I wouldn't have them a lot, but when I have them, oh my god! I tell you what, it just takes me back to when I was a kid. Like I don't know if it's underrated. I think it's underrated as an adult, and probably mm. properly rated, uh, properly rated as a kid. I'm going hundreds and thousands. Yeah, fuck. Wow. That's, yeah. That was that going next. Me, yeah, I've actually got a packet. I've actually got a packet for tonight <laughs> for editing. Yeah. Um, got that excited. Um, yeah, that was that was always my number one. Pretty pretty grateful that obviously Jacko wasn't number one. I knew he'd he'd, slip, he'd take it. So um, they are so and as you said, they are dangerously underrated as an adult. Like you don't go to work with hundreds and thousands. It's like a guilty pleasure. Yeah, like it's not it's not the sort of thing you take to work with a wee packet. But um, well, it's got a childish are, look to it, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and don't let that fool you because oh um, no. It's um, it's a it's a real sort of it's a, it's a great sort of picky. So pretty happy to sort of pick that one up. Yeah, that's a great pick up. Tough spot to draft, I think. Here, there's a there's a lot on the board, but there's a lot that might not swing back round to me. Um, I'll just have to go the a Tim Tam double stuffed. Bit of a kiwi staple. Yeah, very very good. There wouldn't be many people that don't like a Tim Tam, no, and I reckon good. it would be a lot of people's favourite favourite picky. Um, and then. Is Tim Tam double stuffed? Is that is that the original, or is that is it is double stuffed its own flavour? I think double stuffed's got a bit more of the like the the moussey filling as opposed to the biscuit. Oh, I think. Oh yeah, gotcha. double. I reckon. Yeah, sort of a roughly double <laughs> um, of the stuffing, Matthew. Yeah. And then my next pick, I'm going to go something a little bit out the gate. I'm going to go your tiny titties. 
Oh, that was going to be mine. Oh, that's a great thing. I didn't even have them on board. Oh, no. I forgot about that. That's, uh, that really takes me back. Tiny Teddy Chop Chip. Honestly, <laughs> name a better thing to get in your lunchbox at school. They hit so fucking hard and they are so oh. tasty. <laughs> I, was, I was genuinely going to have a big spiel about, like, how you forget them as an adult. But, like, it's got to be one of the great things about being a parent. It's the yeah. fact that you can buy tiny titties again, give one to your kid and just nut the packet. <laughs> <laughs> just the one. That's genuinely exceptional, man. Harvey's a little young. I don't, haven't quite got that to you. Like, he's still baby food and baby snacks, and they're pretty average, to be fair. So I'm really <laughs> yes. I'm really looking forward to when he gets a Jeez, little older. The baby older. snack draft will be tough. will be an easy one for you then. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's, like a whole, it's like a whole board of Anthony Bennett's. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm a genuine, yeah. like... After a run, I'm a like if I do a big run, you know, like an actual comp sort of. That is one of my absolute go-to post runs is a box of tiny titties. Oh, they are they are so so good. And to speak about getting away from you, a box of tiny titties is like oh, yeah. similar to a box of shapes, just gone at pace. I just didn't think that would come off, and I thought I'd be able to grab it. Yeah, I, there's a few on this list, and I've taken a big call there at two at my second pick, but I'm very very happy with it. That's tough. That's tough. Um, so I've got a couple of question marks here under a few cookies, um, yeah. Because they, they they come in packets, but they're not supermarket. Like like you're talking. Can we count? Do we? You know those like Christmas buckets from Cookie Time? Ooh. Do yeah, they count? Co- yeah, I'll give it. I'll give it because Cookie Time's a pretty Kiwi staple, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've got, co- I've got Cookie Times on my list, so yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll okay. give you any I'll, variation of Cookie Time you like. It'd almost be illegal okay. to not draft the Cookie Time in this country, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, well, I'll go. I'll go the Cookie Time triple chocolate. Um, yeah, I had it. I had it there, sitting right there, actually. Yeah, so I wasn't hundred sure if that was going to be allowed. So good, good to good to have that. And I think, like I said, Cookie Time, it's a staple of New Zealand household. Um, but it's a great like Christmas time. Like I, you don't really have have a lot of cookie times throughout the year. But I tell you what, when Christmas time comes around, a couple of buckets. Um, normally get a wee triple chock, and yeah. well, actually I won't name the other ones just in case someone else gets it. But um, yeah, yeah. No, there's there's a few good options here. Special feeling that time of year too, like in the office. Yes. The cookie time lady comes, the sheet comes into the office, into the break yeah. room, and you just know basically, yeah, a couple of samples. You pick your triple <laughs> chalk, you pick your your other flavour for the year, and you just know you're on that downhill slide till Christmas. And you've got yeah, that built in excuse because it's Christmas time. Like you can really yeah. just gorge your way. Yeah. Um, which is just oh, brilliant. It's Christmas, yeah. I'll have a bucket. Yeah. And great it's, yeah, it's very similar to how you'd never have three pies but you will have 48 savouries like you'll never have three cookie times like proper cookie times but you'll have a box of the minis <laughs> that's exactly how it goes <laughs> yeah, um, perfect, so perfect. this thing i've got two on the trot here to, to finish yeah, me out. two on the yeah. bounce yeah perks have been number one yeah oh um so it doesn't really matter what order i go but it's a bit on the board i'm gonna go um i don't know how popular these are but for me they're, they're nothing short of exceptional and that's the um, Cadbury Chalk Centre cookies. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, send, I'll send through a photo of, if, yeah. you, if you're not familiar with them, but they're, they're basically absolutely exceptional. Um, they basically they're very just good. Got, yeah, basically just got like chocolate right through the centre. If you microwave them, it's a good sign. They're, they're brilliant. Um, 
So very happy to have them on board because they're probably my, my go-to bicky these days. Um, and then last of all, can I get the um, can I get Jacko's top pick from from previous rounds and get the uh, countdown five pack? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I, I had I had I had someone like that on my one board. of the one of the great um, cookies that actually. Yeah, I think they're starting to get sort of the sort of the um the traction the they deserve. Should. Yeah, are you in the chop chip ones? Yeah, people are starting to really to, to find them. So, and that's encouraging. Um, yeah. I like to think we've got something to do with that. Yeah, countdown, reach out if you want to get those cookies moving. <laughs> countdown would be a good sponsor for Snack of the Week. It would the be. Mornington countdown wouldn't. Yeah. Nah, nah. <laughs> no, sh- no chance it is not the worst countdown in New Zealand. <laughs> it's a shocker. Oh, we've got a contender, you know, up. We've got a contender like up here. Morgan <laughs> Days came out of the supermarket today, and, and only Morgan Day can say these sort of things. He said, Why is there no food there? <laughs> It's. I mean, if if you if you run if you don't have any food, it's pretty tough to operate as a as a supermarket. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's that's tough. That's tough. Um, right, up, gee, there, there's a lot on the board, eh? Like you say, that, I feel like we're saying this every week, but yeah, um, we can Things just, keep going this way. We might have to just like redraft a few of these with everything off the board, maybe. Uh, yeah, do like a big second round sort of thing, like come back the next day sort of thing. Yeah, um, day two. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go to Copeland's. Oh yeah. I'm gonna go because they they have those sort of packets, um, a few options. Um, there's a, there's, a, there's some good ones there. So I'm gonna go a wee six pack of Belgian biscuits. That's that's me. It's a I feel like it's a, it's a love hate relationship. That's why I had it sort of my bottom pick. Personally, big fan of Belgian biscuits. A good Belgian biscuit is, it's a real, it's a real high ceiling. Uh, low floor sort of biscuit. If you get a good Belgian biscuit, it's right up there for me. So, um, yeah, give me give me uh, Copeland's uh, Belgian biscuits. Don't mind that. Bit of diversity as well. Yeah, I think we, I think we need that. I've got I've got four sort of big big options here, and I'll and I and I'll go through the other three that I don't pick afterwards, just so we can sort of hear them out. But I reckon I'm gonna go I'm gonna go back to the. The bicky you might have forgot, which is the iced animal. <laughs> the iced animal before. But I still love me. Yeah, they are still very, very good. Had a box the other week. Uh, just very tasty. Love to get the shapes in there. Love to get the colours. Um, yeah, exceptional oh, iced animals to round me out. What I like is we've found out Jacko's scouting team is just a bunch of six-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he's looked up the the, demog- the demographic we've got on Instagram, and if he's found out that like it's it's between uh, five and ten ten year old, <laughs> yeah. and, and that's why he's he's gone with his selections. Um, These are gonna pull right on the nostalgia thing. Yeah, either, a lot of people though, either a lot of kids follow us and I'm winning, or people yeah. are heavy in their nostalgia. Yeah, um, I had very close to drafting the caramelized white chocolate toffee pop. Um, nice, yeah. oh, which yeah. if you haven't oh. had that, if you haven't had that, that might be like one of the best alternatives from an original cookie on the market. It's fucking outstanding. I'll tell you what I had is like my number one sort of cookie, but I wasn't, I didn't think it fitted the bill, um, but it, the, the Subway cookies. Oh, yeah. Um, wow. Oh, yeah. Obviously like that's I, one of one. Yeah. Yeah. Like I did, I was always in, I like the M&M cause it's like, you do get a package, like you get a foot long, you add a combo, you add a couple. Um, yeah. You have yep. the cookies on the way home, and then you have your subway. That 
that's sort yeah, of how it sort of rolls. Yeah, one of the few one of the few meals you'll have sweet first. The subway box, the subway meal yeah, deal. Very interesting. One of the great ways of um, absolutely ruining your good intentions is chucking a six hundred mil and a couple of cookies out. <laughs> <laughs> and all uh, the bad sauce options too. Well, yeah. If you're not having nineteen sauces, don't. Oh you? yeah. I had the humble mint slice as well. Just as an honourable mention, sort of missing out, yeah, which is just bit. just staple. Always hits and always hits well. If I could throw out one we honourable mention, and this is may surprise people because this is a bit of a countdown special, is that you know that cheap range they do, but that rocky road they do of the cheap range is okay. actually yeah. exceptional. Yeah, there's some great Bickies out there. Plus, just a humble mellow puff yeah. was going to be high on my board. Yeah, I had yeah. I had mellow puff written down. I, I had Pam's swiggles, finest swiggles. as well. Yeah, I was going to say that's a that's a real up and coming brand. That Pam's finest is quickly becoming one of my favourite bickies. Um, yeah, the, the Pam's finest chocolate chip, very good. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna get it, but I think when when you had when you took Tiny Teddy's chocolate chip, I thought I didn't want to go chocolate chip again, mm. Um, mm. so I moved on. But um, didn't want to repeat a blondie last week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that might have cost you then. I think that's cost you in the end. I was, really, I was quite confident with my chockies as well. I was as well, actually. I'm, I was surprised it went how it did, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, I thought mine was pretty shit. Um, <laughs> but, but no, I'm pretty I'm pretty confident with this one. Hopefully. Um, Fuck, there was just looking back, there was plenty on the board when you picked Kit Kat Milo. Yeah. Just yeah. quietly. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Like we're talking Caramelo missed out. Um, Caramello, yeah, that was on my yeah. board. I kind of fucked that one up. But, I'm uh, gutted I, I didn't have 19 pits because I would have loved to sneak in the Rolo. <laughs> I love a block of Rolo. Man. I ain't I so underrated. I had that on my board, yeah. 100%. Rolo, very, very good. Yeah. Um, We're just going down a, a real yeah. engine here, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, these things happen. These things yeah. happen. Day two of the chocolate draft will be good eating. Yeah, that's us for another week, team. Thanks again to Lugsy and uh, Jacko for joining us. Massive shout out to Doubtworth for joining the show and also getting up pretty early to make it happen. But of course, the biggest thanks goes to the listeners who tune in every week to make it happen. Big week next week, we have the second test between India and Australia, the first test between New Zealand and England, the Women's T20 World Cup, and the Ford Trophy concludes also. Going to be a massive one, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate.